Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Dive into the mind of Brett Boone as we turn to the baseball legend to find out what's happening in his life and around Major League Baseball. This is Turning Two with Booney. Here's your host, Rich Herrera. All right, let's move on. I'm going to tell you something, Brett. I think baseball's in a transition. From the last generation of superstars, I think this new generation has announced themselves with authority when we watched this All-Star game. We saw uh, a Rosarena from Tampa Bay. We saw Shohei Otani. Uh, You see the big stars that we have that are young. They're babies, Brett. But they are stepping in to fill the, the shoes of the generation that came before them the same way the, that generation filled in the shoes for, for your generation. And I think we're seeing that transition. And these guys are just starting to take off, and it's now their game. Without a doubt. And and there's still Bryce Harper, still a, a, uh, a player to be reckoned with. He's coming back off that injury. He's still in his prime. Mike Trout's still in his prime. But you're right. For a lot of years, it was Bryce Harper, Mike Trout, kind of the old guard. And now the Clayton Kershaws, the Scherzers. Uh, but now you're seeing a, a a bevy of talent. You're seeing a lot. You mentioned Acuna, uh, Juan Soto, Tatis, um, Vladimir, Bo Bichette. Um, you know, who who am I missing out? We we didn't get to see the kid from Cincinnati, L.A. Ellie De La Cruz, who's right. taken Cincinnati by storm. That type of talent. Uh, it's just, it is, it's the next generation. I think, a lot, and, and once again, going back to Raleigh fingers, uh, talking to him in that car, not in a million years, not three years ago. Could I say to Raleigh, Hey Raleigh, what do you, what do you think about how the players behave today when they hit home runs? Oh, you know, they'd all get hit the, pl- the older players, especially I'm knowing the, the generation before me, they're not as fierce about how the kids are playing now they're kind of that they just smile and say you know it's just the way it is now but it's not that you know initially it was back in my day right i'm 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 seeing a lot of people get away from that and and to the point because it's it it does you no good now all of a sudden you're a grandpa and you're just angry about everything and your generation was the best I like I like if guys have that opinion instead of just saying my generation was the best or the way it used to be. Give me a reason you could give me a give me something that can make the game better. Give me a smart argument instead of just going to the back in my day 
argument. I don't think that plays anymore. And I see the older players, you know, hanging out with Rock Reigns, you know, one of my favorite guys. I love Rock Reigns. You know, as a player, I used to look at him. That's a rock. But he just has a soft way. Hey, what do you think of these kids? Man, there's a lot of talent out there, Booney. Yeah. That's what it's all about. And and I think the old meshed with the new, uh, everybody on the same page and, and the older players embracing the new players instead of uh, brandishing them and the, and the, and the current players reaching out to the older players. And it's a great combination. And I saw it a lot this week. I didn't think it was cool. Cause when you and I on the field for the, for the home run derby, I saw current players walk up, recognize you and want to talk to you. Yeah. It's funny too. When you get older, you, you, you have to, because I remember people used to do it all the time. Ryan Sandberg would come up to me when he was retired. Hi, Ryan Sandberg. And I'd look at him and I go, Ryan, I, I know exactly who you are. I played against you and I, and I know who you are. But as we get older, we just we don't want to put anyone in an awkward position. <laughs> so we always announce our full name. Back back when we were playing, everybody, we were the show. Everybody knew who Brett Boone was. Now I make sure when I go into a locker room with, with young players especially, I make sure I shake their hand and say, Brett Boone, good to meet you, just so there's no awkwardness. And and the majority of the Booney, we know I, I know who you are. I said that to Vladdy. And he laughed at me. I said, Vladdy, good luck in the home run derby. I passed him up in the hallway. And he said, I said, I, I had a lot of battles against your pops. And he goes, Booney, I know. And he looked at me like, well, you don't have to tell well, me that. But it's just, it's the respect that the players right. before me gave to me. And I want to give it to them. And Rich, we had this conversation. Uh, I had a great time in Seattle. I'm on the field and they're letting me go anywhere I go. Like I'm a current player during the home run derby. But at the same time, I've got to respect their their space. And, and right. that clubhouse was my clubhouse one time. Well, I was the captain of that clubhouse. Well, it's not anymore. That's not my clubhouse. That's Julio's clubhouse. And and if as long as he lets me in, I'll come in and shake hands and say hi to all the current guys. But but there's a there's a way to do it. Um, there's a way to be respectful. It doesn't matter what you did 15 years ago. It's like that's then. This is now. Be respectful. Give them their space. But it's cool the way we can we can blend and have a good time at a at an exhibition like the All Star Game. Um, second half of the season, we're going to get going here uh, today. Who has to have the best start to the second half of the season? Which well, team at, is desperate? I know. Uh, well, the Mets are about as desperate as you can for a team that that had pretty high expectations coming out of spring training. Uh, I don't know if it, it's probably too late for them. Um, I look at the teams right on the bubble. You know, I look right. at the Seattle Mariners. While we're on topic, Seattle Mariners are six out in the division. They're four out in the wild card. Uh, I've said this a lot. I think three teams are going to come from the American League East this year. I think one in the Central. I, I know one in the Central. And probably yeah, they have two to in have the West. One. Two in the West. Who is it going to be? Well, Texas has come out of nowhere and really – I knew they were better, but I didn't know they were this much better. They've been leading the division since day one. They're two games up on Houston. I don't think Houston's going anywhere. No. I think at the end of the day, it's Houston, it's Dusty at the helm, and they can flat out pitch. And they always pitch. And I think right now, if we look it up, I haven't looked it up, but I'll guarantee you they're number one in the league pitching. Uh, and that's top to bottom. That's rotation and bullpen. Uh, so I think Houston's going to be there in the end. So I think it's going to be a tough lift for the Seattle Mariners, but they can do it. They're in a spot right now. They're, they're in that buyer-seller spot, you know, and a lot of teams are there. It's if you show us the Padres, 
You're gonna That's what I wanted to ask you about. You're going to have to show us this next two weeks. If I'm Padre management, if I'm Seattle Mariner management, you're going to have to show me the next two weeks. Why should I make a deal? Why should I be a buyer and not a seller at the trade deadline? And believe me, players know this. They're aware of it. They know coming out of the break. They know who they are when they're on the bubble. They know if they have a rough two weeks, they're sellers. If they have a good two weeks, they're buyers. And they know that. And and that's it's not spoken. It's not talked about that much. But it's a known thing in those clubhouses. I remember one year I was in Tampa Bay and there was a shortstop, Julio Lugo. And the trade deadline came, and everybody's like, he's getting dealt, he's getting dealt, he's getting dealt. And the trade deadline came, and it went, and he walked into the clubhouse, he passed all the media, he goes, ha ha, you guys don't know anything, I'm still here. Yeah. Five minutes hey. later, five minutes later, he comes out carrying a box and got traded within that five minutes. And he's like, ah, oh, I guess you guys were right, and he yeah, came by it- Shook everybody's hand. How stressful is it in those clubhouses where you don't know whether you're buyers or sellers? What's well, tough for management? You know, they got to make that call. And when do they make that call? Like I said, if you're on the bubble right now, those managers are on hyper alert. They're watching these next two weeks. They're watching every move everybody makes. Because, you know, and I'll guarantee after some nights you win two or three in a row, you're going home thinking, who who do we want? And then all right. of a sudden you lose to, ah, who we get, who who we going to trade? Who are we not going to trade? Am I going to get traded? Trade? Right. So it's, uh, you know, for those teams that are obvious that are going to be buyers, they've already set themselves up to be buyers. And then there's those teams that are already set up to be sellers. They know right. that. But there's that 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 group in the middle that I don't know, you know, what are the Phillies going to do? Phillies are kind of floating. They're in and out of that wild card spot. Um, you're going to be a buyer. You're going to sell it. Well, the players are going to dictate by the way they play the first two weeks leading up to that all-star break. It's a great, it's a great time. It's a great challenge for players to think we play our butt off here. Ownership goes out and gets us pieces we need. That invigorates, that breathes life into that clubhouse like you'll never believe. The teams I've played on where they go out at the break and they make a move, even if the even if the move isn't the greatest in the world, the psychological change when you know the guys upstairs got your back. Because I've also been on teams where they didn't make a move and it seems like it's us against the world. We're just going to do it in this clubhouse with what we got. So it, it, there's definitely a psychological edge to it. Um, but it, but it's, it's why this time of year is great and why these next three weeks are going to be really great. And everybody's going to be watching very closely. How would you like to be a general manager right now? I'd love it. Cause why not? here's, here's something, you know, Tracy Ringlesby, the hall of fame writer, uh, yes. at, uh, in Colorado, where's the cowboy hat, the big Wyoming cowboy fan. Yeah. Tracy pointed this out to me years ago. And I think it's brilliant that, the best trades are the ones that you make early. Because if I'm the first one to pull the trigger right now before I get to the trade deadline, I'm going to get Brett Boone for an extra two weeks. I'm going to improve my team immediately. Right. And that also sends a message to your players. We believe in you. Right. We believe that you're we're going to be buyers. So that this says is, it right then. This is my most intriguing time because I want to see what kind of poker player uh, A.J. Preller is going to be. Is he going to go all in early? Is he going to make the right. trade and get the most back out? Is he going to wait to the last minute? It's kind of like going online trying to find a flight. Do I buy? The, do I get the flight three weeks out or wait to the last minute to well, see? I, if th- I, I think I think you bring up a good point with AJ Preller. Uh, for those of you listening to the Boom Podcast, he's the he's the uh, Padres general general, general yeah. manager, 
and they're in an interesting spot. Now, here, here we if if we go back three months ago, and we're sitting here, we're getting ready for the season, and I look at that San Diego Padres team. You got Machado, you got Tatis coming back three weeks into the season. You've got Bogarts just signed a big deal, the Boston Star. Um, you've got Soto. Right. You've got Nelson Cruz, who they just designated kind of as that clubhouse monitor, that veteran guy, been there, done that. I'm thinking, on paper, this is the best offensive team in baseball. Now, I look at that pitching staff, and I got you, Darvish, and I've got Musgrove, but he's 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 been banged up a little bit. And I've got Waka coming over from the St. Louis Cardinals, a good pitcher. Waka's been a Cy Young candidate this year, which they didn't expect. Darvish has been kind of Darvish. Blake Snell. Snell's the guy that's coming on. Blake Snell right. has been, I think, pitcher of the month. If Blake Snell is Blake Snell, I think the Padres have the best pitching in that division. If, if, if you're getting the Blake Snell of the Tampa Bay years, because he's got number one stuff. He's Randy Johnson when he's got his good stuff. And he's had when? that lately. When? What do you mean? When he has his good stuff. When, he when he's consistent. Stuff, I, yeah. look at, I, I look at him and I say, there's no reason that guy should ever struggle with that stuff. Even on right. an off day, that stuff shouldn't struggle. Well, right now he's got it working. So that's a pretty formidable. I think they're number two in the league in pitching. They're number um, 14, 14 in offense, 14 for that club. Now, my history will tell you uh, my experience in the game. At the end of the year, great players usually, they have down years, they have up years, they have average years, but usually their numbers are going to show up at the end of the year. What you expected they'd kind of be. Right. I, I cannot see a second half, the Padres – being the 14th best offensive team in the game. That's going to change. It's whether that pitch can hold up. That pitch can hold up. That division's vulnerable. Arizona's good. They're better than they were, but they're not They're not Dodgers of, uh, of 2018 good. And that, 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 that division, which has been kind of the class of baseball, you got to watch out for the Giants in that division. As well, well, I was going to ask you. Giants so we just, talked about, we just talked about everything for our friends at 97.3 The Fan. Let's talk about the game in San Francisco where you go on all the time. What are you telling? What What are you talking about there? If you're Farhan Zaidi, you came into the season with no expectations. You've exceeded. You got the fans excited with that really long winning streak that puts you in a position that you can make the playoffs. If Does Farhan Zaidi need to be aggressive and go for it? I think without a doubt, especially if they're in that same position right now in three weeks, they're definitely buyers. That division is vulnerable this year with the Dodgers and and the dominance they've showed in that division. I think they've won 11 divisions in a row. Kind of kind of kind of brave esques of the 90s. The Atlanta Braves of the 90s, they won 10 division titles, they won one World Series. Similar to the what the uh the what the Dodgers have done. They've won 11 straight years and they got one World Series. So that's been a dominant era for the Dodgers. But well you went Dodgers on the other day. The Dodgers aren't what they were. You went They're on five seven. They're still good. Right. You went on five seventy um, L A. the other day with um, with Matt Money Smith and Petros Papadakis. You talked about that with them, and I thought you laid it out really, really well. That it's not as easy. Everybody thinks, "Oh, look at the Astros. They won the World Series. Look at this team. They won the World Series." And we've had plenty of Atlanta Braves on, and they said, "You know, hey, we won one. You won one hundred sixteen, and and didn't win the World Series." We assume winning the World Series is an easy thing and it should just be automatic. You put it out, the Dodgers, one of the best teams in baseball, decades of dominance, but 
darn it, is it hard to get that final out? It's hard. You know, that Braves team, still to this day, you, you're going to have – it's debatable, but you're going to have a lot of guys on the Braves side of the ledger for the 1990s. There's a good argument that that Maddox-Moltz-Glavin rotation of the Braves is the greatest of all time, and they won one ring, and that's why the naysayers will say, no, they're not the greatest because they only won one ring. Whether that's true or false, that's just the way it the, the way history is going to remember it. That Dodger team a year ago, I don't care who won the World Series. Now, when you when you hoist that World Series trophy like Houston did, you have the right to say we are the best team in the world this year because you earned it. But if you're going to be honest and say who was the most talented team a year ago, CLA Dodgers, hands down. But an 89, an 89 win San Diego Padres comes in and whoops them in the second round, and all of a sudden, that 111 wins, way to go. Great regular season. You're going home. I know exactly what that feels like. I know exactly what – and that's what makes baseball so great, Rich, is you never know, you never can tell, and it's completely – we can sit here and break it down till we're blue in the face and we have knowledge and, and I, we have experience, but at the end of the day, we just don't know who's going to come through uh, when it's on the line. By the way, did you like that? I just plugged – uh, Coach and Braden on uh, 97.3 The Fan in San Diego, which you go on all the time. We just plugged the game in San Francisco where you go all the time, and then uh, uh, Money and Petros on 570 LA. I just hit all the appearances that you had for the week from Seattle. Yeah. We, I did well, a lot. They, they, they come on. You go on the radio all over the country and plug the podcast. I thought I'd give the return favor to, to Petros and Money. Well, and that's why we that's why we pay you the big bucks, Rich. You're my promo guy. I'm not a very right. good promo guy. So you, I'm, you I'm a hype man. You got to get them in when you can. By the way, let me just remind everybody: the podcast we started the podcast during the. Whew, I'm trying to think. COVID. Uh, during the pandemic, right? Yeah. So we started it, and it was it's been a labor of love. It's been a lot of fun, and it's blown it has blown up into something that. We saw so many great fans in Seattle. So, do you want to tell the clown story that I was uh, participating in when you were when you were taking pictures at the big baseball? Remember, you were at the big baseball taking more? pictures. Yeah, yeah. Year. Rich is kind of embarrassing me. The guys are coming through the line, and he's like. You listen to the podcast? Now, a lot of the fans would come up to me and say, Booney, I'm listening to the podcast, which is cool. You're starting to hear that a lot. But then Rich is in the corner. I can hear him whispering as I'm I'm smiling for the 2,000th time, and there's Rich over there. Hey, you got to listen to the podcast. Really good podcast. So you were doing your job. You're the, you're the pitch guy. I'm the hype man. Yeah. That's why you should, can I get can I get the belt for a week just to walk around with it? Sure, sure. I'll, I, I would wear it to dinner. Oh, I know you would. I know you, I, I, and I wouldn't be at that dinner, but I would let you wear it. <laughs> but we did meet a lot of great people. Yeah. The, enjoy the podcast. Listen to the podcast. A bunch of new people have just started listening to it. So for those of you that are brand new to the podcast, a couple things we're going to ask of you. Uh, it's not in a paywall. We're not asking you to, to spend any money to listen. We do it. It's a labor of love for both of us. <clears throat> people were telling me the reason they like the podcast is that you don't phone it in, that you do work. Actually, a couple of players walked up to me and said, you know, Richie, I like the podcast because Brett works as hard at the podcast as he did as a player. And it shows from all the podcasts out there. So there are a lot of people that appreciate the hard work that you put in, Brett. But I will tell everybody, uh, in order to make the podcast work and 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 grow it the way that we do and the people that love it, love it, 
Uh, I need you to help us out a little bit. Leave us a rating wherever you get it. If you're getting it on the Odyssey app, if you're getting it on on um, uh, iHeart, if you're getting it oh, wherever you get it on, on Apple, leave us a rating, leave us a review, and share it with your friends and help, help grow this podcast to be even bigger than it is. Because it's amazing, of all the players, former players we met, Brett, I was surprised on how many people listen to the podcast. Like, hey, don't tell Brett, but I listen to the podcast all the time. Well, they can learn from it. <laughs> Which part? <laughs> like how? how my how... knowledge, my intel. Oh, I thought you were good. Listen just up. Because somebody told me, hey, you're not that much of Somebody actually walked up to me and said, Rich, I thought you were going to be more of a fat ass from listening yeah. to the podcast than, yeah. than you really are. Yeah, you look good up there. I tried lean, lean and mean. I've tried. Listen, by, by the time we get to Texas next year, I'll I'll, I'll drop another uh, X off my triple uh, X to double X to get down to extra large, and then we'll get going. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus uh, one last thing I want to bring up. I wanted to ask you this: Yankees make a uh, change on the on the coaching staff. Um, the mayor, who we had on the show, Sean yeah. Casey, is uh, coming to be the hitting instructor for the New York Yankees. Um, I wanted to ask you: take me inside. Take me inside the batting cages with the hitting coach. So, let's say you got a job as a hitting instructor. If you got a job like, like Sean, who, who's a friend of ours, we brought him on the show before. Um, if, if someone hired you as a hitting coach, Brett, how do you make a difference? Once again, I just go on my experience. One of the toughest jobs in the world is being a hitting coach because you get no love, you get no credit, right. and you get a lot of, lot of criticism. And I'm here to tell you, it's not the hitting coach guys fans out there that say fire the hitting coach. The hitting coach has little to nothing to do. Now I've had a lot of hitting coaches from, and I'm going to talk back in the day, 1990, I go to my first team in a ball from a ball through my last year in the big leagues. I had a, a plethora of hitting coaches, a lot of hitting guys with knowledge and Intel and tips and count on one hand the guys I could listen to and resonated with me. It's not easy. You know, hitting hitting is tough. I'll, I'll talk about hitting, how I teach young kids. The physical is tough for me. I know exactly how to hit. But the skill is being able to show you physically how to, do, to get it from my head to your head and you understand it and know what I'm saying. That's tough for me. Now, you want to talk the mental side of hitting, how to prepare? 
Oh, I, I sit, pull up a chair. Cause I'll talk to you for hours about this. That's what I was really, um, that was my thing is the, the preparation, how to hit from the mental side. Now the physical side, I had certain guy, my dad could really help me. Uh, he knew my swing as, as good as anybody. Hal McCray was a guy that, that really helped me in, in Cincinnati. And when I say really helped, Lee Elia was a guy that came to mind. He'd say the right thing at the right time, and it would resonate with me. And the mental side is so big in hitting. It's not the physical, oh, stay inside the ball and do this. No, it's getting into the frame of mind when you get in that batter's box. You're in the best place you can be mentally. Feeling like I've got a chance. That's the goal. How the, the trick is, how do you get there? Because as hitting coach, we can do everything we can. We can come there early. We can work till we're blue in the face. We can get every, get you in a great frame of mind. You leave that batter's box. Nothing's going on in your head. And as a hitting coach, I'm sitting in the dugout on a towel going, well, there's nothing I can do about what's going to happen right now. So Sean's in for a challenge, something different than he's done. He's been on MLB, does a really good job there. Now he's going to be in, the, you know, he's going to be in the, he's going to be on the hot stove in, in New York. You know, I, I, I have a brother that deals with that press every single every day. day. Right. But you got to want that as a, as a coach, as a manager, that's where I want to be. I want to be where the action is. I want to be where the so can, is okay. But it's so, not fair to say Sean Casey is going to come in and fix everybody. No, right. He's going to be an addition and it's going to be a process. But okay. I think it's a good hire. He's, he's a teammate of Aaron's. That's important. That's really important. A, a manager that is happy with the staff underneath him, a guy that he, guy that he trusts that's got his back. That's an underrated thing for, for managers to have their guys in place. So you and I were sitting around, um, I think it was after the softball game. I think it was Saturday. Uh, you and I were sitting there, and um, a, a friend of mine, friend of ours, Lou Bernardi, who's uh, assistant coach at the United States Merchant Marine Academy baseball team, he and his cousin Danny came by, and they hung out with us and, and were great. Um, you guys were talking hitting, and you stood up and you started talking about you know staying inside, and I thought that was I thought that was fantastic. It was really neat watching uh, you and a couple baseball coaches break down hitting. But as a hitting instructor, how often do you do that? Like you were standing there showing me how you you can't give up on this, and and I thought it was fascinating. But do you do that on a daily basis, or do you? Remind people where they load or, or what exactly do you do? You got to know who your audience is. Depends who it is. You know, some of the stuff I talk technically and, and mentally and the thought process and thinking through and sitting on pitches, I've got to make sure that whoever I'm talking to is ready for that talk because everybody's not ready. You, you talk about a young player. He might not be ready for that advanced right. strategy talk from a big league, from a Manny Ramirez perspective when he's in low A ball. You might have to wait until double A. Okay, now he's ready for that. I did that with my son. You know, it's like, this is what I do, but it's too early. He's not ready for that. He he doesn't trust himself enough to incorporate these advanced moves that we do as we get along in our big league career. So you got to know your audience, first of all. It, it, Rich, it, baseball comes down to, it's no different than any other thing in life. No other, no, any other job. It's dealing with people. It's having people skills. It's no when when to give a certain guy this much knowledge, when to give another guy that much knowledge in a different way, because you have to take the individual uh, where the individual is at in, in his in his uh, journey 
and you've got to give them information that will help that individual, not the masses. You can't just come in and say, this is the way I did it. So everybody can do it. Right. That's not going to help a team. I might have to take one tactic with one guy and a completely different tactic with another to get the same result. It's not one size fits all. And especially in the big leagues, there's egos. Yeah, there's egos. There's egos everywhere in the world. But there's also skill sets. There's also uh, communication. Some guys, some guys are, are, are as sure as you could possibly be when they take the field as confident, real confidence. Some guys are a little more timid. Like I've got the skill set, but I'm not as, so how do you deal with them? You got to deal with them separately and it's kit gloves, but it's uh, the great ones have that way to massage each individual to get the same result. Joe Madden, who we've had on the podcast before used to tell me that uh, if I was going to go have a conversation with this player, I know I better get my point across in 45 seconds because that's all we're going to talk. And this right. player is going to sit it's in my office people. for 45 right. minutes. It's people skills. Yeah. And it's no different than ever other, other things in life. It just happens to be big league baseball. All right, real quick. What's Boone watching? Oh, Boone. You got a new show. Uh, back to Jack Ryan. Season oh, four. Oh, oh, oh it started. I missed it because yeah. I was on the road. We're only on episode two. Uh, me and Krista started watching it. Uh, before we went to the All-Star game, we're going to get back on track. We'll try to get back on track tonight and finish episode two, season four. The first three seasons are tremendous. You know, right. at first I didn't it, like every show I watch. I didn't know if I was going to like it. They're always a quality product. So uh, I'm on episode two. I'll keep you. I, I'll probably have two or three under my belt by next week's turn into a bro. What's what did you have? The old man was the week. before. Oh, I, haven't, I haven't started watching that yet. The old man's good. The old man is really good. That's on uh, Amazon, Amazon Prime, The Old Man. And The Old Man, uh, here's, here's. Uh, I shouldn't even give that out. The Old Man isn't who you think he is. I'll leave it at that. You'll know what I'm saying when you watch the whole thing. All right, real quick, before we get out of here. Boone approved this week. I'm wearing my Oakland A's All-Star Game hat. Okay. I got a bunch of, I went and got the gear, got a jersey uh, for my son, uh, brought my wife back a t-shirt, I got a, a quarter zip and a hoodie. I thought the gear was outstanding this year for the All-Star game. Sometimes they push it a little bit. I wanted to get Brett Boone's approval on this year's All-Star game gear. I'm not a gear guy. You're not a gear guy? I'm not no, no, guy. I mean the unis, the hats, the the this this mint colored hat. You wouldn't think that I'd be a. F are, are we talking the players or the players? The fan? Not 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 the fan gear. Listen, you never thought. You know me, and you know what I like. I never thought in a million years I'd like black pants on a big league player. It looks softbally, unbig leggy. Right, but I like them for some reason. They've been breaking them out even before the All Star game. I like them. I don't like the uniform American National. We used to wear those American League tops. For batting practice, for the home run derby, maybe. But we always break out our tops for the game. I, I think they should go back to that. I, I think they will go back from that. Because not that that's the most important thing. But I heard a lot of fans talking about yeah. going, I wish they'd wear, you know, my Boston guy. I wish they had that that Red Sox uniform. I like it with a Yankee pinstripe yeah. Red Sox uniform next to I think so, other. too. But, I, but I'm going to give a thumbs up on those black pants. I don't know why I've, I'm getting... You know, I'm getting old, but I'm getting younger now. I'm starting to like stuff. Well, you're hanging out with JoJo Suya, the, uh, the YouTube star. 
I thought the black pants were cool. I approve them, but I think they should bring back the the individual jerseys. Okay, so uh, by the way, I'm just going to tell you, I want JoJo on the podcast, and I want that YouTube guy, the the YouTuber yeah. that played on your team. Mm-hmm. He's the guy I think who does the glitter bomb YouTube. He's like a he's a what, NASA he, engineer. Yeah, he was hitting bombs too. Bro. Right, but you know, you know, porch pirates, right? Like you buy something from yeah. Amazon and come somebody comes steals it. He's done a series of videos where he put glitter bombs with stink bombs in them and, and, and cameras so he can record it. And people go take the glitter bomb, put it in their car, and all of a sudden he can hit a remote control, blow the glitter bomb up inside your house, your car, wherever. And it's the finest glitter that you'll never get rid of. And it has a skunk-like smell okay. and a video camera so he can see the whole thing. So he's, uh, yeah, I like it. He's, oh, we got to get him on. Exposing he's the thieves. Exactly. All right. All right, that's Rich. Gonna it, that's going to do it for this week's uh, Turning Two with Booney. Thank you very much, Mr. Boone. You got it. Make appreciate sure you, you ha- check. Appreciate Listen. you having me on. Give me a rest. I, I, I you know what? I, I try I'll, to help be, I'll be back in the big chair on Monday. I'll be looking for the uh, delivery from FedEx bringing me my belt. You got it. All right. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll catch up with you next week. Turning Two with Booney.